0: Okay, what was it, two days ago we did this revised Sports Mar Radio? Get a load of this. On Apple Podcasts, we are the number two podcast in Canada for sports news. And yet we only dabbled in sports news because we switched the format because, well my kids weren't listening to this podcast. It hurt, it hurt a little bit. I'm over it because we did pretty good. And uh, here's the format for this. If you're just listening for the first time and you haven't caught wind that we've switched this, I've gone from just Canuck talk, just sports talk, to 10 questions that might've come from my kids, might've been found online, whatever, but I'm gonna go three minutes at a time and cover 10 topics. So yeah, if you're commuting today, give me about a half an hour, by the time you pull into the driveway, we should be good. And, yeah, we'll touch on sports. We'll get into questions like if Tiger Woods never wins again. Is he the greatest golfer that, quote, never got where he was supposed to go, as in caught Jack Nicholas. We'll also talk about pizza or pasta. If you could only eat one for the rest of your life, which one would it be? That and much more coming up on today's Sports Bar Radio. This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Nation can't slow down. It's going to go. First offense. All oh, the mix! And okay, people in the house. You're about to witness something you never witnessed yeah. awesome yeah. awesome Okay, so question number one right out of the shoot is something that I have thought about many a time as I've sat there watching Netflix, watching the world's deadliest jails. You ever seen that one? Or what I think it's called World's Deadliest Jails. I should know that. I watch it all the time, right? Anyways, the question is, how would you fare in jail? So let's keep this one local. I'm not saying that you have to go down to the world's deadliest jails, but let's say you did the crime and now you gotta do the time. And I'm not talking about what this is as far as what you did, you know, guilt-wise, but let's just talk about the first 24 hours. So all of a sudden, you know, and and I keep thinking of Andy Dufresne pulling up at the bus, but I guess what the van takes you there. They process you. You got to drop the gear, take your clothes off, and they delouse you. I don't think anybody gets deloused anymore. But anyways, I'd be more curious to know how you would fare in the first minute or two when you walk into what is it, Gen Pop? Like, do you immediately start looking for people that you know acknowledge you or say like, "Hey, over here"? Do you look for the toughest guy to try and align with him? I mean, I I don't know how I would fare. I can tell you this. I'd be brutal. I would be one of those guys that would be scared for my life. And maybe there's no harm even there, but I think because I've watched so many movies. I mean, name a jail movie where it looks fun. I mean, the only thing that I have ever watched that had jail associated with it was the Trailer Park Boys, where Ricky didn't want to get discharged from jail because he was too busy in a ball hockey tournament. That's the kind of jail that I'd like to go to. But I mean, realistically, If I did have to do time, and I'm not trying to make fun of people that have actually done time, but I don't think I would fare well at all. I like my freedoms. I like to shower. I like to put on cologne. I like to talk to people. I like to, you know, hang out with my wife. So yeah, I'm not doing any crimes anytime soon. But that said, what would I do? Would I try to buddy up with people? Would I go to the commissary and use some money from the outside to buy some Pop-Tarts? Or, you know, by the way, there's this guy on, uh, I believe it's TikTok, And he takes random ingredients and pretends that he's in jail and makes these little snacks that you can have. But it would be like, oh, he's going to make like a, a Boston donut, a Boston cream donut, but he makes it with ingredients that you can buy at the commissary in jail. Anyways, I think I'd be that guy. Like to divert from the fact that I'm not a tough guy, to divert from the fact that I'm scared for my life. Maybe I'd be the guy that'd be the shiny nickel guy. Like, hey, is there anybody here that... Wants to go to the commissary and I'll make them something really cool for a snack. Yeah, I don't think that would go over that well. But anyways, I I think right now some people would go in there and act tough. Some people would go in there and just try to stay away from everybody. I think that'd be me. I would try to go into the corner, keep my head down, do my bit, as they say. And uh, and just move on. But God, I hope that's something I never have to experience in my life, because I guarantee you, unlike what you see on TV and the movies, I'd be probably curled up in the fetus position, just sucking my thumb, hoping that the clock says that it's time for me to go. Let's just get to the next one. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen. Okay, so question number two, and again, I'm not gonna get into politics very often on this show. I promise you that. But I will say this question could go one way or it could go the other way. Question number two, would you have gotten a vaccine if it was an external infection? Now, full disclosure, when it comes to COVID and COVID-19, I am fully vaccinated, got all three shots, uh, should get my booster. Did I even get my booster? I think I might've even got my booster. But anyways, I don't know if this vaccine was external meaning it was like a puff pastry on the outside of your face like this monkeypox that is coming around if these people would be so against their freedoms and getting these jabs and all the stuff that comes with the fact that realistically COVID 19 was internal so you never really knew if you had it or not i mean if you're hacking a lung up outside then maybe but realistically i think because this vanity element is a part of the equation I will bet you that a lot more people would go and get their vaccine if, in fact, it was transmissible to the level that COVID-19 was. Now, we're hearing very early reports that it's not even in the same ballpark. But again, I'm just saying, I want to go back to the principle of this because reality is, is yes, I think vanity plays a very big fact in what we've gone through over the last two years. You're telling me, That if it was let's just generalize and call it chicken pox for example i don't want to get into monkey pox because i don't want to put bad information out there i don't know much about it all i know is that you can see it it's external it's on your skin and i think a lot of people that bitched and moaned and complained and whined and again i'm not getting into that beyond just the simple fact that i said they bitched and moaned which they did but realistically If this was external, like all of a sudden a rash broke out on your face or broke out on your genital area or broke out somewhere where people could see it or it would be a problem for you, absolutely, those naysayers would have bit the bullet, swallowed their pride, and gone and gotten a vaccine if it would help them stay, quote unquote, normal exteriorly. We are that generation. And yet, what was it, two days ago, I was talking about, do you use an app to fix up your selfies? And we all do. So you're telling me that if you're that worried about your appearance, that you would then be willing to hold on to those damn freedoms and not listen to the government who's got a vaccine that could potentially fix said problem that is now public viewing for everybody to see. I mean, that is one of the I guess you—I hate to say blessings—but it is one of the benefits, I guess you would say, of the fact that it was COVID-19 internal. You didn't have to walk down the street with a cone of shame on your face. You didn't have to walk down the street and feel alienated. Other than the fact that we all had to wear masks, and that if you did get COVID-19, they asked you to isolate. But I'll bet you there's a lot of people whose morals would suddenly tighten up a little bit if they could get a vaccine and take those spots from all over their body. But that's just me. All right, still to come on Sports Bar Radio, do you run the bathroom faucet when you're taking a number two? Yes, this is the quality that got us to the number two podcast for sports news in Canada. I thank everybody for listening, and hopefully after that question and my response, you will still listen. And by the way, if you could host one Food Network show, which one would it be? Food Network is everybody's guilty pleasure. But anyways, all right, let's get to number three. The question is, if Tiger Woods never wins another tournament in the PGA, is he the greatest golfer that, quote, never got where he was supposed to go? Tiger Woods, obviously, I and I think everybody would say this, is on the Mount Rushmore. And you put him on the Mount Rushmore because generationally, he did everything that Jack Nicklaus did. He did everything that Ben Hogan did. He did everything that Arnold Palmer did as well. And I also think because he's Afro-American, he might, even without the majors, have exceeded any golfer in the history of the sport because of what he did to generalize it and bring it to the masses south of the border, and globally for that matter. I know that he had a couple of years with a bad back. I know that he had a couple of years where the promiscuity got the best of him and he had to take some time away for a divorce and what have you, but... I don't think Tiger Woods, when we 15, 20 years from now look back on him, are going to remember the majors as much as his impact on that game globally, like I just mentioned a couple of seconds ago. I mean, think about this for a second. Tiger Woods is essentially what Wayne Gretzky was to hockey in the United States. Because before Tiger Woods, and I say this with all due respect, it was a highbrow sport. It was a very white-collar sport. And white sport, for lack of a better phrase. There's no other way to really put it around. It was very starched. Tiger Woods didn't just come on the scene, but he came on the scene and won and beat the best. And he was one of those guys that got tapped early on by the likes of Jack Nicholas that he was going to be the next one. That's a lot of pressure for a kid out of Stanford who had been playing since, what, two, three years old when his dad brought him onto the talk shows and he did the circuit there. But to have all that pressure and then exceed those expectations. I think, you know what, and I say this about Kobe, I say this about many of the athletes who go on to icon status but have had their moments. I mean, even MJ had his moments as well. I really believe that as time goes on, you will remember the promiscuity and the troubles that he had less. You'll look at the championships and you'll look at the majors and you'll say, well, that's what you can hang your hat on. But I think when you think of what his impact was on the sport as a whole, to answer the question, if he never wins again, is he the greatest golfer that, quote, never got where he was supposed to go? No. He took us as a globe where we were never supposed to go. A black man was not supposed to dominate that sport in the way that Tiger did. Tiger reached into communities that golf had no business being in and never took a shot at because they didn't have a face, someone that was not good enough to compete, but good enough to win and good enough to dominate. So Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer in the history of the game because of those boxes that he checks, not just the majors. And I don't care if he wins another tournament or not. He's the greatest golfer in the history of that sport. So as many of you know, and to those who don't, You'll learn this quickly. I took barbering class last year. Yes, I learned how to cut hair. I learned that if you ever have to run into a rut in life, it's good to have a skill. Some of us are carpenters. Some of us are drywallers. Some of you can fly planes. I now, in the worst case scenario, can cut your hair. And not bad. It took me a while, but I think I'm getting to a place that I'm feeling pretty comfortable about it. But that's not where we're going. Question number four. Men, would you wear a hairpiece... Now, I'm not talking about the old school toupee where if you look to the left too fast, all of a sudden it's 10 degrees to the left and everybody's giggling at you. In today's day and age, with the technology that they have out there, there are pieces, if you will, that look as good as your real hair. And I mean your real hair at the best of times, back when you were in your late teens, early 20s. And gone are the days where you can see it if you squint. The technology that they have in 2022 is really really good so I guess the question for lack of better phrase is would you do it like do you have the internal confidence to say you know what yeah I'm going bald and I know what you're saying well if you have confidence who cares I'm just saying if it was available to you and it wasn't uh, something that was going to be easily recognizable and it was affordable or at least moderately affordable would you do it I absolutely unequivocally would Because now I've seen it. Because there's a couple of different ways you can go. Okay, let's balding men gather around. Everybody right now. So you can do a couple of different things. One, you can get the transplants where they put every little uh, grain of hair and hope that it grows. And it takes about, what, eight to ten months. And hopefully you have a new head of hair. Uh, You could do tattooing. You could do hair fibers where you can do it by air gun where it lasts for two to three days. But they also have this one thing where... You essentially shave the crown of your head. So, uh, you know, picture Hulk Hogan. He's got that nice long blonde hair around the sides, but nothing on the top. They take this beautiful, and I sound like I'm almost promoting it. I'm not. I'm just curious to know if you'd do it. Um, It's a piece that essentially glues, or at least is adhesived. Is that a word? Onto your head. And then you cut the hair so that it matches your face, matches the sides. I'm telling you guys. If you've never had a chance to look this up online, go check out YouTube. There's so many barbers now that do this, I don't wanna call it technology, but this procedure where it takes about half an hour, they size you up, you do everything you know to shave that head as bald as you can, they tape it up, they get a perfect mold and they put it on your head and you are good to go. I absolutely unequivocally would. It would help with the confidence it would uh, look good. Your family might like it better. Your wife or your you know, husband might like it better. I'm just saying, gone are the days of the hopefully it's not windy outside because I can't wear my hairpiece. Uh, it's been replaced by technology that I think a lot of guys that struggle with uh, this confidence should take a look at. You're my darling, darling, baby. All right, question number five. What is one food that you hate that everybody else is okay with? And, I, again, I know there's a hundred different ways you could split this hair, but for me, you know what I don't like is raw tomatoes. There's so many people. I actually have my aunt, my wonderful Aunt Donna, who can eat a tomato raw, as in not even cut it up, just eat it like an apple, and after every bite, she fires in a little bit of salt at it, and away she goes. I don't know what it is. I mean, if you cook me some pasta, uh, if it's in sauce, if it's a Caesar, all of that stuff I'm totally fine with. But a raw tomato fresh out of the garden, I've got no chance of eating it. I just, I just, I don't know, it's nasty to me. I don't know if you've ever had the fruit. It's uh, an Asian fruit. It's called durian. Durian, some people absolutely swear by it. It's this huge prickly fruit that when you cut through it, um, it's got this creamy, almost like pudding, like center, but man, when you cut this thing open, it smells like a baby's used diaper. And to all of you durian supporters out there, I apologize, but no, I'm just saying tomato one thing. Tomato I can eat. If somebody said, damn it, you got to eat this or you're in big shit. I would do it. I would eat the tomato durian. I might take the shit just because I, it's that bad. I mean, at Mario's Gelati, at 2nd in Quebec, in downtown Vancouver, might be 1st in Quebec, they have lids on the ice cream because they know if they take that lid off that everybody's going to be like, what is going on? It's a special container strictly for this one flavor that just has this super pungent smell, like a sex panther smell to it. Now, what is it? It works 60% of the time, every time? Anyways, I just think that there are different parts of the world that eat different foods. And I would like to think that for the most part, I'm pretty open. Like if you brought me to a restaurant and say, Rob, try this, I'll give it a shot. I'm not opposed to eating bad foods. I'm not opposed to eating different foods that maybe don't meet my usual palate of A&W or McDonald's. But man, I have tried that durian twice. The second time, I actually think, if memory serves me correct, I bailed on it before I actually put it in my mouth, but dude, there are certain foods you just cannot have, and then when I see people enjoying it, I sit back and I'm just like, man, you're a better person than me. I can't do it, but the best part is that you got to keep that smile on your face, like, oh, good for you. Enjoy that, when on the inside, you're just like, oh, my God, it is a baby's diaper on fire. Again. To all you durian farmers out there, I apologize, this was not a PSA to promote your product, but everybody's got a food out there that they don't like. Like, I'm always boggled by people that don't like ketchup. Ketchup's amazing, imagine that, I don't like fresh tomatoes, but I like ketchup, they can get in a packet, go figure. All right, I'm gonna preface this next one by saying these are 10 random questions that can go anyway. So please bear with me if every once in a while I hit a topic that maybe you're not that engaged in. That's why we do three-minute intervals. You don't like this one, you can just fast-forward three minutes and away you go. But, gentlemen, this one's 90% of the time for you. Ladies, I know every once in a while you sneak this one in as well. But when you're going to take a number two, as opposed to a very easygoing number one, when you're going to do your business, do you ever feel the need to turn on the faucet so that nobody hears what could be The odd uh, squeak that comes out from the other side of the door. (laughs) So I'll I'll preface this myself by saying my bathroom is right essentially beside my bed. You've got like you've got what do they call that? The walk-in bathroom or something like that? The ensuite. There we go. So anyways, I, you know, my wife's there. She's sleeping or she's waking up or whatever. I go to the bathroom and, you know, let's, let's just say every once in a while nature calls. I always feel the obligation to turn on the faucet so that you don't just hear that cavernous boom or the echo or whatever it is. I mean, oh God, this is the worst podcast ever. But no, I'm just saying, like, do you feel obligated to do it? Because some people don't do this. I'll tell you a story. I was at Nat Bailey Stadium. I just started working with the Vancouver Canadians, And because there were so many people uh, that were all hired at the same time, we were still figuring out what the office situation was. I find myself in the home clubhouse, the manager's office where Rick Mignante and John Schneider and Clayton McCullough end up being. And so I'm down there and I'm like, oh, this is cool. There's like an ensuite bathroom here and everything's good. Wouldn't you know it? Within half an hour, I have a roommate. Not many bathrooms in the off season work at Nat Bailey Stadium. They turn the water off in a lot of facilities. That, by the way, is for another show. But anyways, this guy comes in immediately after putting his bag down, he's like, Oh, thank God there's a bathroom and proceeds to go in and just drop bombs. And I'm thinking to myself like, dude, turn the tap on. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think the tap is gonna stop me from hearing what I'm hearing, but it's almost like it's, it's almost like a courtesy, right? Like even though I know what's going on, even though I know that this is a part of nature and there's a gajillion people around the world that do the exact same thing, it's just a proximity thing for me. So yes, turn on the water. Let me at least hear certain other sounds instead of just that cavernous boom. And you know what? If you flip the script, if you're the person in the bathroom, I can't tell you how many times I've had stage fright. Like, oh, my God. Like, what am I going to do? Like, do you stand up? Do you cough? Like, (laughs) nothing's worse than the guy that coughs but doesn't time it right. So he'll be like, And then like a second later, it's like, and you're just like, dude, come on, man. Like you can feel that you should surely be able to anyways, where am I going with this? This, this is either the best podcast or the worst podcast all at once. But any of it, turn on the water that shows me that you at least have me in mind and you're respecting the proximity that I'm in your six foot radius or 10 feet or 12 feet or whatever. Six might be a little close. Uh, Or if you're in a public bathroom, by the way, thank God I'm at the three minute mark already because I could talk about this for another half hour. Nothing's worse than you're in the bathroom at a public stall and all of a sudden all you hear is the ruffling of like a jacket because somebody just busts through the door beside you and you know that you got about 10 seconds, the bag drops, the jacket comes off. And you hear like the sigh of relief, like, oh thank god. And you're in the bathroom stall and you can't get to that one ply toilet paper fast enough. You're just like, oh my god, what am I doing here? Can I get and then sure enough, there's no washroom, there's no water there. So you know what you could do is you could flush, but then you gotta time that as well. Nothing's worse than a like you, you gotta time it perfectly. Anyways, there we go. I'm not seven years old, I promise. My voice is dropped, so I gotta be at least 13. Okay, on to the next one. Rob, if you could host any food network show, uh, any food network channel show, what would it be? Okay, conventional wisdom would tell me that chopped would be a good one. But I, and then again, chopped might not be a good one. Like, what if you get a bunch of shitty chefs? They can't get it done, and they've got that, like, cow tongue because, you know, they're always trying to, like, stymie these chefs. Now, nah, you know what? It would be good to be on MasterChef. It could be uh, – you could be – who's a Guy Fieri that goes – Dude, Guy Fieri, by the way, is worth, like – I think he's worth, like, fifty or $60 million. And all he does – and I shouldn't minimize this because, I mean, it's a big deal. But Guy Fieri goes around to diners, to drive-ins, to dives – and tries amazing food every time. Like, if you ever watch him? He's like, ah, what do, you got in this, uh, what do you got in this pie? And the guy's like, oh, you know, it's scoop of this, scoop of that, scoop of this. And Guy's always interjecting, he's like, oh, you know, the habaneros, I mean, that's how you do a habanero. Like, that's his whole bit. I don't wanna make this about Guy Fieri, but that would be probably, anything that he does would be a very good show to do because everybody's dying to get Guy Fieri there, so they're super happy that he shows up. Uh, He is always complimentary. I mean, when's the last time you saw Guy Fieri? He's like, oh, what do you got that bowl? And he's like, da-da-da. He's like, oh, God, I would never use that. Like, no, you know, he's there. He's complimentary. He gets it. He's trying to put the restaurant over, to use a wrestling adage. Another one that I think would be good is Cake Boss. What they're able to do with cakes is amazing to me. I didn't realize this, but they use the um, Rice Krispie Squares because I guess they're super moldable. And then you put the cake around it or whatever. You put that fondant, and the next thing you know, you can make something look like a transformer. Like, it's amazing what they can do in the bakery. I, I, I will tell you this. I would say of the TV package that I have at home, I probably watch more Food Network than I watch Sportsnet or TSN. It's such easy watching because it's like half hour, beat Bobby Flay. Does he beat Bobby Flay? Does he not beat Bobby Flay? I'm challenging you to grill cheese and... And then Bobby Flay wins because he makes something that's got a little habanero in it. They've just got so many different things. But, I mean, you think about how far food has come from the likes of Martha Stewart and Emeril Lagasse to just this, like, unbelievable library, this catalog of shows. I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I guarantee you know what Chopped is. You know what Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives is. You know half of the shows that I would mention about the Food Network. It is a billion-dollar business. Well, maybe not a billion, but it's a pretty impressive business juggernaut that they've created at the food channel. I would tell you a story about how they find these uh diners, drive-ins, and dives to go to, but it would be like me telling you about the life and times of Santa. So I'm not going to. But again, if I could do any show, it would be any show that Guy Thierry's doing. See, I wouldn't want to do something where you got to go to the remote parts of the world and drink like snake urine or whatever it is. Like, who is that one guy? And he ended up passing away. Anthony Bourdain. Wow, Google really does know everything. It is listening as well. I wouldn't do anything Anthony Bourdain did because it's just a little too bold, a little too brash. And I know that um, Gordon Ramsey's doing a similar show, but for me, that just might be a little too much. So I, I'm simple. I would do diners, drive-ins, and dives. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and mad men. All right, here we go. Finish strong. What outfit do you want to be buried or cremated in? Well, that's a good one. See, you know what's funny is I think about this. I'm like, what would I take with me? Even though you know you can't take stuff with you, I always think, well, maybe I'll, uh, you know, bring a Blue Jay jersey or bring some sentimental things because I think certain families do that. They'll bring a couple of little trinkets and, you know, put them into the coffin or put them into the box before the box gets burned. Again, not to make this too macabre, but a great word, by the way. I think that instead of a suit, I would want to be buried in like a Toronto Blue Jays jersey. Yeah, it would be a Blue Jays jersey for sure, even over the Maple Leafs or anything. But I want a sports jersey. I want it to be Toronto. No name on the back. They're all my guys. Uh, And I'd want the sickest pair of Air Jordans. I think those two things would be just fantastic. Uh, Thank you very much. You know, what was interesting, remember I told you earlier in the podcast that I had taken barbering? I was just hanging out the other day. I live in Port Coquitlam, right across the street. Uh, And again, this wasn't staged. This is actually just me thinking off the top of my head. Uh, Right across from a, um, what do you call that, A, a funeral home. So I was thinking, I wonder if they need a barber. I know that sounds stupid. I, I There's got to be a job like that, isn't there? Like a person that, uh, again, I can't remember anybody in my family, but I'm I just thinking of uh, a situation where it's an open casket. You've got the woman. You've got the man. They get them into the makeup so they have a little color on their skin. Uh, again, not trying to make this too dark, but I don't know. Maybe there's a position for an aspiring barber. I mean, at least they won't complain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so mean. I'm totally going to hell for that one. But anyways, uh, what would I <laughs> imagine they did complain? And then you'd be in real trouble. Um, I would say this. A Blue Jay jersey, a pair of Jordan threes, uh, some, you know, decent pants or whatever. I don't care what you do. They can't put me in dress pants or I look stupid. But anyway, I just want to look the way that I would look if I was hanging out with you now. And even if I get to 90 years old, even if I make it to be one of the last OGs on the planet, um, that's how I'd want to go. Now, don't ask me if I want to be cremated or buried. I've not really thought about all that stuff. But as far as just what I would wear, I'd want to look as good as I can. Put some gel in my hair. Shave my face if you can. Make me look like I'm getting ready to go out to have a good night with the boys. And I would be totally, totally cool with that. Again, not for everybody. But I would say I'm totally cool being buried in that. I'm totally cool being cremated in that. Uh, And then here's the other thing, just to finish up, as we get ready to finish up Sports Bar Radio today. um, So I have this collection of jerseys. It's like 350, 400 jerseys. I haven't split the hairs, but it's in that ballpark, which is way, way too much. And I was talking about this with my wife and my family the other day. We were talking about, you know, assets and asset management and what would happen if you passed on. And one of the things that came up was my shirts. And would would we sell them? Would we keep them? What would we do? And I came up with the idea that if I was to, and again, I'm not putting this in stone. Don't do this because, again, it's my family's best wishes. But if I went to a funeral or it was my funeral, pardon me, I would want everybody attending to get a jersey. Not some new dude who just showed up because he started dating a girl and the girl is a friend that I know, or you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, you got to know me for at least a couple of years, but all my good friends could pick whatever they want. They could pick one of any jersey from my collection and keep it and keep it as long as they can. And always when they wear it, maybe they'll think of me. I thought that'd be kind of cool. I mean, I'll take one of the Blue Jay jerseys with me upstairs, hopefully upstairs, but uh, the other stuff, I just thought it'd be a, a cool gesture to be able to share something that I loved um, with all my friends and family in attendance. But again, again, not to finish on a downward note, but uh, yeah, that's what I would wear if that was my final wishes. All right, here we go. Let's wrap it up. It's the long weekend. I wish you nothing but success. I wish you a great weekend, safe travels. I hope there's no border lineups. I hope there's no lineups on any highway. And even if you're just staying local, do something for yourself this weekend even if it's just a walk or go buy yourself a double scoop of ice cream or just get away from it just take it easy for a little while this is a long weekend where you can relax and get ready for what we hope to be an awesome summer it's the first summer in what two to three years where you don't have to necessarily worry about masks um the world's opened up a little bit there aren't so many uh, mandates in place this is the time where we can finally exhale again still be careful do your due diligence. If you got to wear masks in crowded places, I don't think anybody's going to judge you on that front. But um, enjoy it, man. We've waited a long time to truly have summer. To all you graduating students out there or parents of graduating students, congratulations. Enjoy all of it, man. This is the summer of fun. This is the summer of Nation Extreme Wrestling. And my thanks to everybody at Equity Guru for giving me this platform to do little fun things like Sports Bar Radio. Uh, on behalf of everybody with Equity Guru, that's Chris Perry, Galen, uh, and I also want to say thank you to Daria Grave, everybody associated with EG. Thank you very much, and we will do this again on Tuesday. I'm Rob Faye, and you've been listening to oh, – great voice, by the way. I'm Rob Faye, you and you've been listening to Sports Bar Radio presented to you as always by Equity Guru. Hey. Let's talk again soon. If you